to down to down to yeah missed and peeved missed and peeved that's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad don't be missed and peeved miffed don't be miffed and peeved it's a real it's a real it's a real one I don't use it but it's your vocab down to down yes this is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, Featuring Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. Today's episode is brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma, and Grady wants to be your homeboy. If you live in the Oklahoma City area, there's one guy that you should call if you're needing to buy or sell your home, and that is Grady Carter. He's a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything that you need to know about buying or selling your home, and he's just a wonderful person, just a great, great guy. You will sell your house for the price you want. You will find exactly what you want in the Oklahoma City area in a new house, but you also come away with a new friend. That's the way that Grady Carter works. So check out Grady Carter on social media at Homeboy OK, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and check him out at homeboyok.com. On the line, I've got my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, how's it going? Going great. Um, hopefully, I'll get my Mac back in a week or so, so that we can podcast in a regular way, not like we're doing now. But yeah, we've for had, the rest, everything is great. Yeah, we've had some technical difficulties, and so if the sound quality is a little bit different today, have some grace for us. We will; it'll be back up to what it was very soon. Uh, but today, we had to get this podcast up quickly because. Paul George and Russell Westbrook played paintball yesterday. Michele, what, what do we what do we take from this, if anything? Well, let's put it this way: um, it is good that they actually want to spend time together, uh, because it seems from like anyone who speaks in national media that Russ is an and um, I cannot say the word, but um, it's not a very good guy and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to get along with him but it seems that paul it's is having a good time with it with him so i think that we can take that and it's great that russ wants everyone to know that uh because i think it's if he he posts something like that it means that you want to give a message uh, Mm -hmm. because everything they these guys do on social media it's pretty I think has something behind. Uh, and so it's good. It's a good thing to, to see if you're a Thunder fan, for sure. Yeah. And Sam mentioned this the other day that it's been fun to see them on the court, but he said off the court, like they've become really close. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, like we don't, we haven't seen a ton of that. And mm-hmm. we don't really know what that looks like or even if that's real at this point. And then to just to see that is like, oh, okay, like this is different. This is different than Kevin and Russell because Kevin and Russell went their separate ways. Like they very much did. They lived different lives. You know, Russell had, you know, his wife and a baby on the way, you know, not at the time, but had, had a wife and it was settled down, so to speak. 
And Kevin was not even close to living that life. And mm-hmm. so they very much went their separate ways. But, you know, Paul and Russell are close to the same age. They're close to the same stage of life uh, with children. And, you know, and they they both live in L.A. in the off season. And, like, it's it's good. I don't, I don't think that it's, like, solidifies anything. Um, mm-hmm. But it certainly is – it's not nothing. It's not nothing. Like, we shouldn't sit there and say, oh, you know, this doesn't mean anything. Um, I think Russell's going to handle this recruitment a lot differently than he did with Kevin. I think he gave Kevin space. They had their dinner. He talked about the things that he could change and then, you know, thought, you know, the years that we've spent together, that's good enough. Well, obviously there's a lot of differences between Kevin and Paul in that, you know, he was with Kevin for forever. He's been with Paul for just a few months, really. And, Mm -hmm. um, he's going to really try to keep him. And I think that it's, I think that it's just interesting and it's fun to, to see them actually doing that and for him to put that out on social media. And there was like a YouTube video that was released about it. Um, you know, it's cool. It it means, it means that Russell's trying. And a lot of times it felt like Russell was like too cool to try to recruit somebody, you know, or to recruit Kevin or to, you know, it just felt like that. And obviously there's been a change in that mentality. Yeah. And, and if you want to not to even go in the recruiting part of it, it's just good that Russ is hanging out with a guy. He likes him enough to hang out with him. And I mean, it shows that there is something, and it, it's something that also Rush, Russ men, mentioned in his exit interview. It means it's not just basketball. Yeah. Uh, he said specifically that with Paul is not just basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the part that often was missed in Russ and Kevin relationship. Yes. Because with Kevin and Russ, probably uh, down the end of their uh, tenure together, it was just basketball mm-hmm. and it wasn't very good. So since the basketball part went horribly wrong this season for many, many reasons, uh, to solidify with a, with a guy like Paul George, the non-basketball thing, it's very important because I think that this will wait in Paul George's decision to, uh, like, he, he has a big, very big decision that it doesn't impact just him and where he will play. It impacts so many other things and have a guy he can he get along well with uh, that has a kid like him. Uh, it can help. Uh, it can help, and maybe maybe it will swing uh, the thing for OKC. Um, yeah. I you, you you never know. I mean, uh, I mean I as a like I I have friends and I have like a very dear friend to me, and I always wanted to work with him. Because you won't spend time <laughs> with the, with the people you like, and so I think that this will wait in uh, in uh, in Paul George's final decision. Is it, is this enough? We don't know, right? Uh, but I think it's meaningful. Yeah, agreed. Uh, have you have you been paintballing before? Uh, no, I always wanted to. Uh, at a certain point, I I had it for my for, as a present, but we never actually went through it and played. So no. Uh, it's uh, uh, I, I, it's very fun, and I know I would imagine that paintballing with Russell Westbrook might be the most terrifying thing that I could do, <laughs> outside of like being chased by like an actual murderer. Um, like 
there's there's like a, a craft to it. Uh, like you want to be real sneaky and quiet, and like getting sniped out of nowhere is like scary and you know fun and exciting. But I feel like Russell would be the opposite. Like he, you could hear him coming from like 200 yards away and there's nothing you can do to stop him. And he can just come straight at you and just destroy you. I think it would be a horrifying event (laughs) unless you're an athlete at the level of like a Paul George or somebody like that. Um, But it would be absolutely terrifying as your teammate. If you have to pick like two thunder two thunder player to be mm. your sidekicks in a paintball stuff. Okay, let's see. You have to I mean Steven Adams I feel like he could be good at it but he's just too big. Like you he's Really? He's too I, big I, of a target. I, I will take him. He's a, he's a hunter. <laughs> like he needs He is but he's he just knows. too big. He can't there's not a lot of the hiding places become limited when you are a literal giant. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I, I, I love him, and I think that he would probably be like an accurate shooter. But also, like mm-hmm. you could you could find him very easily. I think the the very last if you were yeah. if this were like on the playground picking, Stephen Adams would not be last. Dakari Johnson would easily be last. Like there's just no way Dakari will be able to hang. Um, <laughs> let's see. I. I think that like you just have to choose like if you're choosing like two people to be on a team like Russell mm-hmm. Russell has got to be like your top guy just because he the intensity that he has is just terrifying um and then I'm going with Ray Felton. I just have a good I just have a <laughs> I good, you would. just have a good feeling about Ray. <laughs> He's not going to okay. back down. He's uh he's gonna take some shots that he maybe shouldn't but could work out in your team's favor. Um, he's just got the thickness that you need uh, to absorb the, the contact of a paintball. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll I'll probably choose since I never played, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I will probably choose uh, choose like a very very quiet and. Uh, sharp shooter, which is Abrinas, and then Steven Adams, because yeah. I don't care if he gets spot. But the like the ten minutes we spend together trying to plan the mission, I think it's enough to justify uh, picking him. Yeah, I don't care who wins. I'm just want to to listen to Steven techniques and ideas to to win the battle. Who would you most like to shoot with the paintball on this Thunder team? Uh, uh it's it's a very easy question no <laughs> well what is, what's your answer <laughs> well uh i would i would like to 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 hit uh carmelo of course yeah. because uh, he will take it he'll, he will take it well i mean maybe uh, we don't know uh, uh but at least i yeah i mean i i think i would him and then i don't know who else no Ky- just him kyle no, why? I mean, I mean, why do we want to even shoot at the dude? I mean, he's just no, no, not not. I just, I just want to see how what he would say. I feel like he would have some like really introspective things to say about paintballing and like what what does this mean about our culture and like why are we <laughs> while really... you are shooting him? Like, yeah, you think yeah, he yeah. Will... okay. Oh yeah, he would give an amazing explanation as to like like what are, like what are we really even doing here, guys? What is? I think it would be great. Um, okay. 
enough paintball. Enough paintball. I think that it, it is meaningful that Russell is out there with Paul, that they're actual friends, and that they're both in their prime. Like, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ways that you could make this into something positive. Is it like everything? No, um, but it it's meaningful. It really is. Like, it's not. A lot of these things, like you want to just write them off and say, you know what, that doesn't mean anything. You know, like his you know, pulling his daughter out of school, and I, I don't know what to do with that. Like, does that is that good or bad? Like, I don't know. Um, but this is like something you're like, oh, well, yeah. If he's best friends with a guy that is tethered to OKC and is in his prime and is, you know, a top seven player in the NBA, then yeah, like that's that's meaningful if they're good friends. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's meaningful. Uh, and, and again, it doesn't have to be an eternal commitment. Like if you, yeah. if you, if you stay uh, like if the environment and the locker room and the, uh, all the other things, uh, actually work for you and you say, well, let's give it another go. Just, just one, just once. Yeah. And see how it goes. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to leave. Like if you don't, if you didn't, like uh, basically everything you have to leave uh but if you say well we underachieved we know that uh i underachieved as a player i know that i think that um that you can say to yourself well let's give my life a little bit of stability for next year and then we'll see yep yeah for sure i'd like to thank andy's frozen custard for sponsoring today's show uh i went to andy's last night and got just all i wanted was just the standard vanilla custard uh, because it's just that good. Like, it's just an amazing, amazing custard. It's made fresh hour by hour, and it's just unbelievable. You've got to go. They have locations in Oklahoma. There's two kind of in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, Kansas, Colorado, Texas, Arizona, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, like all these places have Andes, and I know we got people uh, in all these states that listen. And so, please go check out Andes uh, and support the people that support us. You can get a blueberry concrete for a limited time. They have a strawberry shortcake sundae for a limited time right now as well. That are just so so great. So it's really the best frozen custard I've ever had, uh, and that's not even hyperbole. Like when you go try it, you'll say like, "Oh yeah." Andrew's right. Like this is this is great. Uh, so go check out Andy's frozen custard and support the people that support down to dunk. Uh, I want to talk a little bit today about uh, the two players I think have the best chance to be better at the start of next season, and that's Terrence Ferguson and Alex Abrinas. Uh, we can talk about Abrinas first. He he spoke a little bit about wanting to improve his pick-and-roll ball handling and things of that nature. Um, but what are some of the ways that you can see him coming back and being a better player next year? Well, I think that the ball handling stuff are not um, are something that Abrines kind of had uh, when he was in Europe. Not at the highest level, but he could run um, as a secondary creator uh, in Barcelona. So I think that that is something... That by the end of the season, we saw him uh, draw with the ball uh, more, with respect to the, to the in like the last year or even the first few months of the season. So that part, uh, I think, it's relevant, and 
and he can improve because he doesn't have the tightest handle, but he, he, he can make good decisions with the ball. He can attack if he can roll in a vertical way, uh, so not horizontally, uh, attacking it. Um, and so I think that there is a chance uh, that he can can develop some uh, more in that sense, especially with good screeners, as Adams or uh, or other guys. And so I think that that part uh, also can in, can improve his um, uh, general attitude towards the game. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you can handle the ball a little bit more, you can be more aggressive with it. Uh, I'm not talking about like um, making him the de facto. Um, point guard of the second unit but like clay thompson uh in the first two years in the league he wasn't dribbling the ball at all mm-hmm. just like a brilliance and then after a while he started to attack a closeout from the dribble and then he's starting to do some light pick and roll uh stuff i think that the development of, of a brilliance can go in the same direction and the other one is please spend the rest of the summer being healthy because you already had a procedure. And the thing that it's very, very important is to have him ready uh, in perfect shape uh, at the beginning of the season. Because with Donovan, you need to be ready. We saw it this season. I mean, Patterson and Brilliance weren't ready uh, for, I think, medical conditions. Yeah. And, and it took a while to both of them to be back in Donovan's uh, rotations. And so I hope that Alex uh, takes care uh, of his body during the summer. I don't. I'm not sure if he will participate in any um, national event. I hope not. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if there is anything to play for uh, in Europe. I have to check. But it would be good for uh, Alex to have a summer like the ones that Steven has, like focus 100% on Thunder basketball and no national team whatsoever. Yes, I agree with that. And if he, if he can, I think you're right. Staying healthy is probably like priority number one for him because mm-hmm. he was really set to have a great season. And the guy that we saw at the end of this season was supposed to be the guy that we saw the the full Thunder season, right? Yeah. A guy who is stronger and is able to defend a little bit better because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy that can, you know, hit open shots and, the Thunder didn't really have that guy and it didn't seem like they were even going to have like going to even get him on the team because the, the way that Billy talked about him, I asked, you know, toward the end of the season, you know, like what can Alex Sabrinas do to become like a solidified part of your rotation? And in so many words, he said, I don't think he can, you know, I think that he will use him when we need him is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I and, remember that quote. And it's just, it was just like, Oh, Okay. And, well, maybe Alex Sabrinas is not a, a member of the Thunder going forward. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that he can be a good player, and you know he'll go thrive somewhere else. Uh, but at the during the playoffs, I was like, oh, like they're going to use him, and they're going to close with him, and you know it's like that Rockets game forward. It was like okay, well, they're going to finally use him like they should. Like he is easily you know, your seventh or eighth guy. And he's a guy that should get minutes every single night and can help your team on both ends. And he did like he, I don't think that anybody defended Donovan Mitchell better than he did. And Mm -hmm. he did a good job. Like he really did. Donovan just hit some crazy shots in that series, especially in that game six. Uh, And Abrinas defended him well. Yeah. So I feel like 
with both of these guys, I think the one thing for sure that we'll talk about is strength. Uh, the summertime is, a, is is the time to add strength if you're going to. Like you can do that some in the regular season, but it's it's just too difficult to play 82 games and add a ton of strength during that time. Um, and so the off season is the time that these dudes are in the weight room and working on their bodies and working on different skills and things like that. And for both of those guys, like if they can add some strength, then you're talking about guys that can be really, really effective in the NBA game because they can both really shoot it. And so with Alex, I, I think that like he's really on the cusp of becoming a guy that you would say like he could be a starting two guard, not for every team, but for a lot of teams in this league. You know, like he could like right now, like he's he's not he's like he's closer to like a Marco Bellinelli bench guy, uh, but mm-hmm. he could be in the next year or two like we could look at him more not that he plays just like this guy but more of like a jj reddick where you're like yeah he's a starter like he he's, yeah he's not like a top tier starter but he's he's a guy that starts on you know half of the nba teams and you're glad that you have him and so the thunder have a real opportunity with this guy and he showed the potential to be that type of player where it's like oh like he can kind of defend a little bit um yeah and so more than a little bit i mean i, yeah. I think he improved. Yeah. And yeah. So even more than a little bit. I think that he, he has the potential because he's, he's very, very smart. And he, he gained, like, we knew, like, uh, right of, like, uh, the first impression of Abrinas uh, in preseason last year was a guy that c- could only shoot. Then against Barcelona, he actually blocked a guy that was very tall uh twice mm-hmm. and so we knew that physically he he had a he's kind of explosive um and so he can build on the top of that maybe he won't uh, sustain too much uh weight uh because that's the body, the body type but he can get like a bit more stronger and we saw that he can held vertically against bigger guys like crowder for example which is like way bigger than him Mm-hmm. I don't know how many pounds, but still a big chunk. And in the same the same kind of um, physical power, you can use it as a screener, which is a part of the game that I think Alex has but can improve. Mm-hmm. And there are so many uh, shooting guards uh, that are doing um, ball screens for non-shooting point guards. Two examples um, that maybe we will discuss a bit more mm-hmm. later: uh, JJ Redick with Simmons, Bellinelli with Simmons, and then um, Corver with LeBron. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 advantage that you can get by having a shooting guard uh, setting a good screen, a screen that actually makes the other guy either switch or uh, go over, but not easily. It's a very important one, and Russ seems to like. Uh, the the game the screen game uh, with Abrinas yeah. so that is something that he can work on as well especially if he can work out with Russ during the summer right yeah uh, Crowder's got forty five pounds on Alex Abrinas at the moment. wow yeah it's it's yeah and probably uh, an inch an inch and a half they say like they're listed at the same height oh really okay mm-hmm. they're both listed at six okay. six just kind okay. of interesting i thought i thought god it was six seven but anyway yeah i i think that as long as he stays healthy i don't think that it's wrong to expect 
him to be better coming into next season and him to be more consistent heading into next season because he's he's in the, his prime years now and he's a guy that if he is going to be like a good NBA rotation player like that should be now and so mm-hmm. I think that we'll I, I have high expectations for him coming into next season and um, you know whether Paul is here or not obviously if Paul is not here like we can expect a really big role from him coming into yeah. next season like they need to get him a lot of shots and you know if Paul is here then like you have this floor spacer that you can close with when you need to and he's not going to be a detriment to you on the defensive end and you know Utah tried to target him and mm-hmm. he held up very well and that was really really encouraging to see him do that and he did that against Harden and he did that against Donovan Mitchell and it's really tough to think of guys who would be more difficult to defend for Alex because both those guys are super strong and they're both really good at going to the rim and if you were thinking of like attributes for that would be tough for a bring to guard like to me those would be like the first two like guys that just have really crazy strength for a guard um, and can attack the basket at will and he held up against two of those guys um, in high intensity moments and so I I really think that the Thunder have a guy here that can be he could be a sixth man type of guy for them um, with this roster if they're able to keep this roster intact and um, he's going to be very helpful moving forward. Uh, let's uh let's talk about Terrence a little bit. I obviously was not excited about this pick last summer. Uh, if you were at the down to dunk. Uh, draft extravaganza which was one of our most fun events that that we've ever done and we had a ton of people there and we're all watching the drafts there's a live pod afterwards i mean it was just a great time chicken express was a sponsor at the time and they provided food for every i mean it was just an incredible event anthem was obviously just incredible and that place was filled up and we we just had a ton of fun but when we took terrence ferguson uh our coverage of the draft we covered it extensively last year and uh everyone booed (laughs) because uh, (laughs) because i was i we neither of us were very excited uh about ferguson and what he could bring a lot of it was that we didn't have a lot of data on him and we didn't really know like what he was outside of an extremely skinny shooting guard that can only play shooting guard that you know, will not be able to help in year one. And at the yeah. time, to- at the time we, there was no Paul George, there was no mellow and it was Russell and Steven and Oladipo and these guys. And like, we thought, you know, the shooting guard position is covered. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. taken care of. They don't need another guy that can just play shooting guard. They don't need a guy that can't play this year. And so like OG Ananobi was one of our guys uh Derek White admittedly was one of our guys uh Donovan Mitchell was a guy that we covered and really really liked but you know it became more and more clear that he would not be in the Thunder's range um, no. as soon as the measurements uh came out yes and his his steady performance in the combine which is 
often for many prospects sorry for the, the digression here no. but often for many for many prospects the the combine is really meaningless uh, mm-hmm. many big names actually skipped it out altogether but for some like Mitchell like they measured him I, I remember like 610 wingspan something like that mm-hmm. and as soon as I heard that number I say whoa it's gone like yeah. there's no no way and then he shoot the ball particularly well Mm-hmm. Um, from three, uh, I think he he was one of the best shooter uh, at the combine. And if you combine those two things, um, yes, it's just two days or three days, uh, but it's really important. And I suggest to anyone who is interested in the draft to actually follow that particularly close. Yeah. There are videos, there are measurements, and maybe I, I already say, uh, said that is in the uh, in the pod, but. I fell in love with Steven Adams there uh, for the first time because he was, you know, like coaches have these big, um, um, I don't know, pillows. Uh, it's not pillows, the terms, but I uh, to get the idea, uh, with which they bump players. And Steven Adams and Kelly Olenek yeah. were, were doing this uh, kind of... Like a giant uh, pad. Go, yeah, exactly, pad. Uh, good. Uh, and so they were just uh, trying to do a hook shot under pressure. And basically, Olenek was thrown around the court by these uh, assistant coaches. Steven Adams didn't move. <laughs> like mm-hmm. They were beating him hard with these giant pads. He was, wasn't moving. And for like those stuff actually matters. And for guards, uh, measurements are so, so important. Yeah, I bet, I bet you were uh, super mad at... Jay and I, if you listen to the podcast at the time, because when they chose Stephen Adams, we were not happy about it. <laughs> we were not happy about it. And that shows how much we knew at the time about him. Well, there, there wasn't there wasn't anything about the numbers. I mean, if you if you yeah. looked at the numbers and even his way to play, uh, you, you could be like confused. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but then, I mean, uh, like that part, that combined, and then the summer league when he was screaming oh, like, man. like hell. Then, yeah, say, yeah, this is the guy. Because for KD uh, to be successful, uh, you need to have a very good screen, and Perk was a very good screener. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Adams was a better offensive player, as we are clearly seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And so, if you pair the two things, then yes, you you know why they they pick him. Yeah, yeah. He in that summer league, you were like, oh, like I see it. <laughs> you know, like sometimes with these yeah, guys, yeah, I see. And, yeah, yeah. And even Ferguson, there were times that I was just like so down on him. Like, man, I cannot believe that they did this. And a lot of it was yeah. he wasn't playing, and he was in the G League, and it was just like, man, like we knew this was going to happen, but it's still kind of disappointing. And mm-hmm. then there was the home game and like the Lakers game, like everyone talk, mentions the Lakers game like that one, like that means nothing to me. Like he had, you know, a good garbage time and it was like, okay, like, yeah. like whatever, like, like anyone, anyone can have good garbage time minutes. I'm not Marshall Brooks can. So yeah, Taylor. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Marshall Brooks can just kill in garbage time. And like the last, you know, 30 games of the Grizzlies season was garbage time. Um, but I really saw it when they played at home against the Washington Wizards. Yeah. And he defended well and he hit open shots and he even like made a little drive and dish and it was just like, oh, okay, I see it. 
Like there, like there it is. Mm-hmm. And it was like the same thing with Adams. Like it didn't take long with Adams and you could see it like immediately. You're like, Oh, like this guy's going to play. Like he's going to play this yeah. season. Um, and so with Ferguson, it was like, Oh, okay. I see it. And like, you look back at that, like this, this draft, this last draft was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. but kind of that mid first round got really weird and like yeah. really everybody after Bam at a bio, like you had Bam at a bio at 14. And then after that, like you have Justin Jackson, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ leaf, John Collins, who I think is good. And I like, I like that pick for Atlanta. And I don't know why John Collins didn't go a little bit earlier. Like, I think you'd mm-hmm. rather have him than all the guys I mentioned above. Yeah. Um, then Harry Giles went 20 to the Kings. Um, which which I, I still like. I mean, the, the, I still like that pick for the Kings. Just the idea yeah. of like swinging for the fences kind of a Exactly, move. exactly. With yeah. the 20th, it's already your your third pick. Y- you can you can do that. Yeah. I I would have uh I would have really to me I I still wouldn't have cuz he scared the crap out of me. But I just feel like there now there are guys that even at the time like I'm not even going to Mitchell Kyle Kuzma because at, at the, like nobody thought Kyle Kuzma could be what he is. No, like no, no like no, no. there's not a soul that thought that Kyle Kuzma would be good. In fact, people were more criticizing the Lakers taking him in the first round than they were praising that. Pick. Yeah, instead of Ojeley, for example. Right. Yeah, everybody thought like, oh, like why didn't they take you know, you know Derek White or Tony Bradley or Ojeley or even Ivan Rab or yeah, yeah, like yeah. all these guys, like everybody was just like, what are, what are they doing? And obviously it was a spectacular pick, but I don't know that anybody, even the Lakers knew that it would work out this well. Um, like I mentioned all those guys, but then there's this spot in the draft, the 21 through 23 where Terrence Ferguson, Jared Allen and OG Ananobi go. Yeah. And like, if you were to redraft today, those guys all move up, right? Yeah. Like all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Uh, and this sounds like an odd take, uh, but I'm not even not even sure that I will pick Kennard before Ferguson. I think you can have a discussion. Yeah. Uh, just just both, because of the defense. The defense. Yeah, issues. exactly. I yeah. mean, the, the fact that he was able in that specific game that you mentioned to go over Sam Gortat screens, mm-hmm. it means a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it means a lot. And if you look at the clips uh, of Adelaide uh, when he was in uh, in Australia, mm-hmm. um, he was damn lost on defense. Right. To have the presence of mind of uh, putting your body at the, with the right timing, because if you miss the timing, you either go too early and you, and you commit a foul, or you give basically uh, the middle of the court, the middle of the area to the ball handler. Um, or if you go too late and then you, you basically give up uh, a wide open shot, you you you, you blew the cover. So mm-hmm. to see him doing those stuff with a ve- those stuff with a very very good timing, or like two or three times in a row, uh, it means that he's working on the right stuff. Still, you can you can still complain. You can still say, well, I want a guy that can guard LeBron in Anobi, uh, which is surprisingly yeah. the only guy that Toronto has to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you can see why um, in a need of a wing that is more versatile than a guy like Anobi, the front office decide to go with turns. Yeah. And, you know, the, the reason that 
I would probably take Terrence over Luke Kennard. As Luke Kennard turns 22 this offseason, and uh, Terrence turns 20 here in like 11 days. Yeah. And like the difference between a 20 and a 22 year old in the NBA, especially like a guy that's on a rookie scale deal, is like, that's a big deal. Like those are yeah. those are huge developmental minutes that you get for these guys, and Canard. Like the closer you get to twenty five, the closer you are a finished product. And with Terrence, like that's, you got a long time before Terrence yeah. Ferguson is a yeah. finished product. And you know, like I really like Canard's ability to shoot and his ball handling. Um, and his passing, like all those things are great. And he's really good at those. And I think he'll be a really productive offensive player. Um, but his defensive ability really scares me. And yeah. if he's able to stay with Stan Van, he can keep that job. I think Van Gundy was really, really good for JJ Redick, who's really similar to Kennard. And Kennard's probably a little bit more skilled on the offensive end, but not as mm-hmm. good, you know, shooting off screens and stuff like that. Um, but he'd be really good. For, he'll be really good for him. Um, cause he taught, uh, Redick to be a team defender and he's the player he is yeah. today because of how hard Van Gundy was on him. So I think that's a good landing spot for him, but still, I think that you look at the physical attributes of Terrence and you, I mean, he's obviously just a crazy athlete and yeah. an incredible dunker and a guy that can just sky, but he's also a really bright kid. Like he can, yeah, he'll it learn. seems so he will and he learns quick like that's the thing like the thunder like they don't freak out about his athleticism and stuff like that like what they freak out about is his ability to learn and apply things quickly and that to be able to do that on the nba level in your rookie season for people to praise you for that is i mean that's a really to me it's a really good sign like you never heard anything like that about perry jones you know you never heard anything about that from jeremy lamb like those dudes no absolutely no no and you almost heard the opposite with the with those guys and yeah. you know the thunder have had these crazy athletes these high upside guys in the past and you thought like they're going to be able to mold these guys into you know rotation players and you could you could see the fit and you could see them along with reggie jackson at the end of the bench and they would come in for garbage time and you'd be like man like this is the future of the thunder uh but those guys didn't have the mentality to to do this and i think that ferguson does and i also like paul george is pretty close with terrence and like thinks mm-hmm. the world of him and paul continuously says i see a lot of myself in terrence ferguson and you know like they're in the commercial together like all these things yeah like, all the and the thunder players and the staff like if you like you would think that he was like the third pick in the draft if you talk to them like you would think that he is his potential is just sky high and you know after watching him for a season um i kind of think it is like i think that he could be he really could be something and i think that yeah. str- strength is his number one thing exactly you know, yeah I, he has to he has to improve on that end he's got to get bigger he's never going to be a big guy like he just won't but i look at a guy like will barton and i'm not looking at will barton's game or the way he plays like they don't play at all similarly but I look at Will Barton's body type and mm-hmm. he was real similar to Terrence and that he was super skinny. He's six, seven, like they're both six, seven, like they're really tall guys, mm-hmm. but they look, they like their build is like 
they might as well be six three, you know, because of the, their body type. Like people can just go right at them, and they can get whatever they want. Uh, but Barton's like really improved his body over time, and he's not like a great defender or anything. And um, but I think that Terrence can kind of look to be that similar type of body, where you're just stronger. Like he's not he's not, he's not going to look beefed up ever probably, but if he can mm-hmm. just be stronger. Like he's smart enough and can handle defensive schemes and like you said, fight over a Marcin Gortat pick, which is like one of the more difficult tasks as a guard to do. Um like he like I he's gonna make it. Like this dude is gonna make it. I think I have I have very little doubt that this guy is going to get like a nice second contract and you know, he's either gonna be a nice trade chip for the Thunder or he's gonna be a rotation player for the Thunder. Like I really believe that. Um mm-hmm. So I'm. I think that there's a lot to be excited about with him, and he will like he will be more of a versatile offensive player than Ananobi. Um, but I'm still pretty sick <laughs> about the Thunder not having OG. I can't lie. After after all the good thing, things you said, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. He's, no. One one thing to 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 put uh, like to. Um, um, to add to the discussion of the strength, I mean, uh, if you are, if you followed the way uh, Jeremy developed during the off season, you should be pretty confident uh, on what Terence can do because balance uh, always goes well, uh, goes along with um, core muscles, and so it's not like all about being beefy. Um, right. I read a very, very, very good article. I think two years ago, um, Ken Berger was the um, was the writer on Steph Curry. Um, he wrote basically how Steph, uh, when was dealing with that ankle injury, um, worked out, I think, in the summer or even uh, the season that he basically set out just on core muscles. So uh, his torso is lower part uh, to be stronger on that part and to be to, to be more balanced. And I think that Jeremy uh, had some sort of um, um, added strength in, in those areas. And Ferguson can do the same. You don't have to be very beefy to be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just need to have a, a good core, a good balance. And these will help a lot. I mean, he's a, he's a high flyer. You don't want to ruin that with, with like adding too much too much muscles. You right. just want to work um, on his overall strength, and, and you can do that in many ways. As you said, you don't have to be beefy, and I don't think that will be the uh, the way they will go at it. But mm-hmm. but again, I mean, the fact that Jeremy changed a lot, he was skinny as well. I mean, he, he was not a big guy, yeah. uh, but he's bigger now, bigger, but in a. Um, uh, in a very good way. I mean, he he's not Ibaka in terms of muscles. He's, he's not even Russell in terms of muscles. Oh yeah. Still, he's way more strong than Russell. Oh, you can you can yeah. tell, you can tell immediately. And if turns in a year or two, um, can get uh, can improve in that area, then you're talking uh, of a guy that can go over screen because you generally not lose uh, you don't lose speed when you do these kind of works. Uh, and a guy that can hold reasonably well in, in, uh, in, po- um, in the post area. And if those two, th- those two things happens, you, you will not maybe have a defender that can guard LeBron James, but a defender that can guard 
the guys that Robertson guard uh, Robertson guard, guards mm-hmm. and and with a guy that is shooting forty four percent from three in the last two months of the season. So um, you you can be pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. And yeah, Anunobi, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see who... And uh, last thing on Ferguson, um, and this is a point that uh, Fred made to me, uh, which is when you pick a 21 and you pick a guy that is a rotation player, you won. You really won. Yeah. Is there another guy that is better? You don't care about that. Because even if you get J- uh, Jeremy Lamb at uh, with the 21st pick, it's a good pick because like you get a player that can stay on the court for 15 20 minutes a night without being embarrassed that yeah. is that is what you should pick at 21 you pick an all-star 21 you're a genius but you have been extremely lucky oh yeah like in another universe probably uh, anunobi doesn't play a game this season because his medical chart charts uh to all the knowledge that i have and all the people i talked to were particularly scary mm-hmm. and so i mean he, i i i hope he stays healthy because i i like to have good players in the nba but that part what if like what if anunobi doesn't play a game or never find a way to stay healthy that is a peak that is a very high ceiling and everyone knew i mean sempras did knew that mm-hmm. but a very very low floor and if you are a toronto that can have can ha- that has like a, a steady core of guys and and can like add a guy with a very low floor. You do it. Okay. Yeah. See, in that precise moment, did have probably um, the same uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good point, and you know, I don't know. O- OG was a guy that he fell because of his. Uh, his health and if he was if everybody knew that he was going to be this and that he was going to play basically the whole season uh like he goes what does he go yeah did the blazers take him instead of zach collins you know yeah i think so uh if not the blazer even the um who got monk uh 11 or 9 i don't remember 11 uh 11 it was the ninth pick Dennis Smith. I think he's still Dennis Smith. No, 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 Dennis Smith goes there. Yeah. But also like Orlando, like they took Jonathan Isaac and I still really like him, but I think that they probably yeah. are think like picking between those two. And I still think at the end of the day, like you still want Isaac because like his potential is like, like yeah. scary. But, but like there were mock drafts like two weeks before the draft. Jonathan Charks, which is like, he is not, he, he didn't make like a proper mock draft. He just made like a top 100 um, um, players. Yeah. He put him fourth. Right. <laughs> like, so that was the feeling of Anunobi, of an healthy mm-hmm. Anunobi. And he said as much. I mean, if this, guy is, if this guy is healthy, he can play like four positions on defense and probably oh, yeah. be a two on, uh, on offense. And so you, you, you can... Uh, picked a guy like that very high um i'm not sure about the top five but like to be picked in a range between eight and twelve i'm almost sure of it yeah had him being completely completely healthy yeah without a doubt um to be picked at 23 and for them to get that guy at 23 is is kind of crazy um 
but yeah, also, also Jared Allen, who was picked in between those two, I think like he's made the case that he sh- like could be borderline lottery, a borderline yeah. lottery pick. Like he's was really good for Brooklyn this year. Um, but yeah, Terrence Ferguson, I, like if you're a Thunder fan, like you should be excited about him and what he can bring going forward for this team. He's, he's extremely talented. He is really smart and I think he's going to work really hard and I don't underestimate the, the fact that he has played with Russell for a year and with Paul for a year and has seen what those guys do on a daily basis to get to the point that they're at. Cause it's, it's really interesting because both of those guys, like they're obviously both picked much higher than Terrence was, but both of those guys had to really work to become the players they are today. Like yeah, coming into college, like neither of them were like on the radar for the NBA really. And, you know, mm-hmm. they obviously developed to a point in college where they were considered elite and the amount of work that it takes to do that is I, I don't think that any of us can really comprehend the amount of work that it takes for a basketball player to to rise to that level and for them to become superstars like even if you're picked in the top 10 or even in the top five like Russell was like you like there's like no one everyone thought that he'd be like super Tony Allen you know like the, yeah. like the Sonics got super Tony Allen. Like that's kind of cool, I guess. Like, I don't know what that means. And like to become to, for a top five pick to become a top five player in the league, like that, that doesn't happen very often, No, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's crazy. And so it's really good for Terrence, a guy who is crazy talented and who the thunder really believe in, uh, to become that. And, you know, Sam Presti was really kind of ambiguous in the way he talked about him the other day. He was, you know, he's talked pretty definitively about what they would have and Abrinas and guys like that. And he's like, with Terrence, like, we don't even know what we have. Like, we just don't, yeah. even, we have yeah. no Which idea. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is because like you can, you can box him in as a spot up shooter and a guy that could probably defend a little bit, you know, the rest of his career. Um, but when Sam said with Terrence, we don't even know. Like that means like the range of outcomes is large with him and we yeah. like who, who knows what, what he can be like. I don't, the thunder are uh, an organization that has never really limited players to really anything like, like Steven Adams. Like mm-hmm. if anybody told you that he was going to be this guy, you know, in a few years, like you'd be like, wow, like the thunder really did a good job with that pick and same with Russell and, you know, Kevin was going to be Kevin. Like Kevin is just an otherworldly player. Um, but even yeah. like Ibaka and guys like that, um, like they've done such a good job with these guys and developing them. Reggie Jackson, as much as we hate Reggie Jackson, like he became a starting caliber point guard, um, which he and he was picked in around around the same spot that Terrence was, and you know, like that's. Thunder really good at developing, yeah, and, and he wasn't particularly effective in his first year as well. So, sure, I mean, no, he wasn't. Yeah, I I actually actively disliked him <laughs> out there on the court. Um, <laughs> so you basically disliked him uh, for his whole career, except for one and a half season. Yes, exactly. Except for <laughs> except for the uh, crying Memphis Grizzlies series game, like <laughs> it was that, he, just that moment yeah. where he saved the Thunder, like he really did. He was. 
Yeah, it did. He was so good. No, it, was, it was great. It, it was great. Yeah. Um, okay, let's briefly talk about the playoffs. Um, and, like, man, LeBron James has... Like, if you're... I cannot... Like, I feel really feel for the Raptors fans here. Because LeBron not only is just killing you, but he is doing it in every way possible to just rip your heart out and just stomp on it. Like, game one... The, the Cavs shouldn't have been in that game. The, they they come back and, and win a game that it didn't look like they were going to. Like, ouch, like that hurts really bad. Game two, at home, Cavs just destroy you. And it's just like, oh, man, like you're just defeated, you're deflated. And then, like, you go into Cleveland, and you're thinking, you know, let's see how this Maybe. goes. <laughs> Maybe things can go better. Uh, and it did. It looked really great for them they were playing really good basketball early in the fourth quarter they outscored the Cavs 38 to 26 and in a comeback um like in the fourth quarter i mean like they were feeling pretty good like wow like we're gonna have a chance to do this and demar didn't play a minute yeah demar didn't play which is wow like that's that's interesting like Melo not playing is one thing for the thunder but demar Derozan, who is thought to be the best player and has involved his game and all these things whoa like that's that's something and the yeah. toronto and kept cj miles that stays in front of you not the guy that is on the uh on the high <sighs> trajectory no but bef- before we go into into like the, the, the full uh serious breakdown mm-hmm. um i have a little game just one okay. question okay and it's not related to anything uh tangible but you have to to guess right otherwise you, you lose you have one chance okay, okay. tell me the greatest achievement of LeBron James career. If you guess it right, you you're the best. I'll I'll send you communion probably. <laughs> if not, you're, you're you're going to be doomed forever. Oh no. Uh, yeah. the greatest achievement. It's it's a it's of course like a stupid thing. <laughs> that is the only advice that I can give. But as a Thunder fan you should guess right. As a Thunder fan, I should guess right. Man, like I, I, I think of him dragging that team to the finals a few years ago, and just no, no, no. Be more specific and be like related to this particular season. It's the only other help that I'll give you. I already give you three hints. Oh man. Oh, related to this season, McKelly, uh... and with the Thunder. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't know. I don't know. He made Jeff Green a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff Green, he played 31 minutes last night. Exactly. A plus three. On the court. Like, it's impossible. Like, uh, LeBron James did the unthinkable. He, he made did. Jeff Green a decent basketball player. He really did. A plus three last night. He's the only yeah, po- a positive plus minus off the bench last night. Yeah, yeah. See that? I mean, that is, I mean... Forget about the championship. Forget about like the chosen one or the king or whatever. He made Jeff Green a play a basketball player. For real. Um, yeah. He made Jeff Some... Green better than Rodney Hood. And Yeah. Yeah, which is which is something crazy. It's outstanding. Like Jeff Green for a for a minimum on like that's a that's a great value. Like he's he's bringing the ball up the court at times. He's playing center at times. He's super versatile. Like he's kind of the guy that everyone thought that he could be, 
you know, yeah. along with all the inconsistencies that come with Jeff Green, obviously. But yeah. um yeah, you're right. That is that it really is something. Um <laughs> man. But yeah, the the Raptors last night, like they, they storm back in the fourth quarter, outscore yeah. the Cavs thirty eight to twenty six. And OG Ananobi who's like a a budding star for them, you know, he's <laughs> just the greatest player in NBA history hits his three to tie the game up. And it's like, Whoa. Uh, and you know what? Didn't matter one bit because LeBron hits this crazy sky high off balance bank shot at the buzzer (laughs) to just stomp on the Raptors soul and just destroy them. Have you seen how high he jumped? It's crazy. Like, it was, like, three feet and change, probably. <laughs> if I used, like, a, your numeric yeah. measurement system correctly. Uh, yeah. I would say it's over a meter. Uh, and it's, like, he's 33. He's in his 15th <laughs> season. 15th. Yeah. And, and like, like Melo, if you put, like, a newspaper uh, under his feet, <laughs> probably won't, uh, won't fit. <laughs> and, uh, and LeBron basically jumped three feet and a half on the air in the air like after 41 minutes of yeah, basketball right. guarded by a player who is physical and jumped with him and is still like out jumping by uh, like quite a lot and then he made the basket <laughs> like, yeah it was it was it was really like lebron james is just amazing. oh man like, he is forget about everyone else uh the, the this the success that he had uh, and like 15 years, he is the best player on the court. Maybe 14. Yeah, like it's 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 just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, uh, there's no other way to to like. I mean, literally, I, I don't put, remember because I wasn't I wasn't following basketball in the 90s, so I don't mm-hmm. know. But was Jordan for his whole career the best player on like for like when like late? Yes, probably after 92. Yes, for sure. Maybe even nineteen ninety one, but LeBron is the best player in the NBA since basically his sophomore season. It, it, it's yeah. just insane. Yeah, you you can't put anybody else on this Cavs team and them do what they're doing. Like nobody else in the NBA: Curry, Durant, no, 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 Westbrook, no. you know Harden. It doesn't matter. Like none of those guys could do what he's doing. They just could not. It's just no. it's just astounding and. Uh, again, I feel bad for the Raptors and de- benching DeMar DeRozan. He played 28 minutes. He only took 12 shots. Um, he had eight points, so minus 23 in his 28 minutes. Um, it's a really, really bad look all around. And, you know, it, it, the Raptors can continue to be the team that they are and, you know, play the next, you know, three years together and mm-hmm. be this team. Like, you're a good team. Like you're clearly a good team, um, but the mental hurdle that they have not been able to get over, and that is LeBron James, is maybe enough to break it all up. You know, like, I I'm I'm scared now. Yeah, I, I I wasn't like if you said that to me a week ago. Oh, probably I would say to you uh, like if they go down again, it would be awful for them. And yeah. but the way they are going down. Yeah. They may not return to to Toronto. 
Yeah, for real. They may be swept. I think and they will be. I think that the, the smart money is on them not winning this next game because they were getting know, killed. You know, they were getting killed by the Cavs yesterday, and then they made this comeback, and then mentally, yeah. like not being able to get over that hurdle again. Yeah. I mean, whew, that's tough. No, and, and, and to be honest, like they the, 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 the thing with LeBron is you know – what he's going to do <laughs> like yeah in, in, against against um indiana um i think it was game three or game four i don't remember maybe even game, uh, game five the one in indiana um it was game se- game six sorry when he basically went to the post five to six seven maybe eight times mm-hmm. row, just doing that and he always generate a basket yeah. in, in against Toronto yesterday same thing he ran pick and roll with Corver five six I don't remember even seven <laughs> possession in a row always the same you know what ha- what is going what he is going to do and guess what he's going to do it anyway <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do and this this is something that separates him from like anyone there are there are players that can put Harden uh, in a closet for a quarter. Yep. There are players that can keep Curry under guard. Like Kawhi Leonard can do stuff against, against really no one. <laughs> like when LeBron has it physically, which is a big hit uh, at the end of the playoffs, and we will probably see the same uh, in the finals if he goes, if he can go there. Uh, but if he has it physically, there's no way you stop him if he doesn't right. want to. It also helps a lot that Kevin Love is good. Like, he was really good yesterday. And that is extremely yeah. helpful to this team. Uh, McKelly, we were going to break down more of the playoffs, but we have run out of time. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. It's a great follow, just a general NBA follow, great follow. But if you're a Thunder fan, and I would guess that most everyone that's listening is, uh, you should be following him at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecks. You can follow the, the podcast feed at Down to Dunk. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Please take the time to leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. Uh, that would be super helpful to us. That's something you can do for free. Uh, it's just a free way to support us, um, and it is helpful to us. So if you take the time, it just takes about two minutes at the most. If you have an iPhone, less than that. Uh, just search down to dunk in your podcast app and you can leave us a review. Uh, that would be super great. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Spears. Okay.